episode 57 of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano. Now I'm Jess Rubicine. Thank you for taking some time to listen to us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs has been filled with action, drama, and a whole lot of overtime. But even though the first round is nearly over, do not worry because Bet Online is offering you the chance for you to win some money while you watch. Because Bet Online has spreads, props, and lines on every game this postseason, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether it's the NHL, the NBA, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great signs. Sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week, we'll be talking about the final list from the NHL Central Scouting on this year's top draft prospects. But first, in a surprise announcement this past Wednesday, Robert Morris University announced they will be cutting their men's and women's hockey programs effective immediately. In the announcement, Robert Morris says the decision comes as, quote, part of a series of strategic initiatives intended to position the university to be amongst the most agile and professionally focused schools in the nation as it prepares for its upcoming 100th anniversary. 55 players from both teams are being affected by the decision. The school says they will have their scholarships honored and will assist students who wish to transfer. In their 16-year history, the Colonials won two Atlantic Hockey regular season championships, an Atlantic Hockey tournament championship, and made one national tournament appearance back in 2014. So, Jess, we lose another college team. Are you surprised to see RMU cut hockey, and do you see them ever coming back? You know, the first reaction, unfortunately, we're not going to use profanity here, but I'll give you three letters. WTF. That announcement, it's a bogus thing. I'm disappointed, angry that they did it with almost no warning to say effective immediately is more of a classless act. Maybe people might not realize 55 athletes, big deal. Well, that's 55 lives, their families, not to mention the staff members. And it does something for the sports credibility. You know, we're just going to dump it immediately. I feel for them. Down the road, nobody's going to remember this, but I will. If you would have told me that the program is repeatedly losing money, okay, I can get that. If you said that the, the program wasn't having any support, okay, I get that. But we saw neither, and that's wrong. I think I'm surprised for two reasons to see the Colonials go down. First off, because I thought very highly of their performance this past season. I mean, we know AIC and Army ruled Atlantic hockey, but Robert Morris could hang with them. They were on a bit of a downswing recently, but I thought this was a good showing for them this season. I thought they played well at 10-5. and five. They were pretty good. I won't say they were outstanding, but yeah, you know, they had no reason to feel bad. I mean, that's what makes this cutting that much more frustrating because... After years of being on the downside, here was a step forward. I could see more positive results coming from down the road this year, next year, and the year after that. Uh, That's what makes this just so much more head-scratching. Yeah, I can't tell you how Robert Morris men's golf has been performing or how Robert Morris women's track and field has been holding up against the national competition. But Robert Morris hockey had a very promising early 2010s. Obviously, the last couple seasons weren't great, but this was a winning season for them. A good showing. I thought that both hockey teams were very good, but times are tough. I get it. Colleges beg for donations every year. I can only imagine how strapped for cash they are after this past year that we've had. I think the crazy thing is that 
Robert Moore said that bringing the programs and the number of teams down to 15 aligns them with schools their size across the nation. And why both hockey programs had to be that cut, I don't have the answer to. I really don't think it was necessary. If they're just looking for the optic, if they think it makes them more relatable to schools around them, I don't know where the money's going. I don't know what they choose to spend all their cash on. I think it was a good use of funds, though, Jess. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know why this is it, but now... This brings us to four schools now, including the Alaska schools and Alabama Huntsville. We've lost a lot of college hockey this year. If this is it for Robert Morris, I know we've seen GoFundMe's a bunch of different fundraisers for the other hockey programs. If this is it for Robert Morris, I'm sad to see them go. The Colonials never got to send a player to the NHL, and it's unfortunate they'll never get the chance, but it's hard to imagine that a team that I thought this highly of is just going to go ahead and not exist from this day on. You know, okay, you're going to keep lacrosse, you're going to keep soccer. I'm not going to talk about the women's sports because Title IX is important. And I, I still think they should have kept the women's hockey at the very least. But, you know, all they have left is basketball, football, golf, uh, lacrosse, and soccer. They don't even have a baseball team. I mean, what the heck? They're not really a powerhouse. I get that. But they're in the Big South, the MAAC in other sports, Sun Conference. They're all over the place. And so they dropped out of the Atlantic Conference. I'm pretty sure they burnt bridges with Atlantic hockey. Just sad to see the way that they went about doing this. Jace, you brought up Title IX, and that's a great point that I want to talk about a little bit. Because remember when I was in college, a lot of people thought Title IX was just about harassment cases. And they thought that was kind of the overarching portion of Title IX. Title IX includes the fact that at a university, opportunities need to match the gender distribution at the school. So if Robert Morris is a predominantly women-based school, they need to have more women's sports than men's sports. That's why you can't just cut softball and lacrosse from the women's side and leave everything perfectly together. You need to keep that distribution the same to match the students you have coming to your campus. So it's a great point you brought up, and I know a lot of people get a little confused about Title IX. To me, I'm in favor of expanding women's sports, especially in the hockey, because some of the best hockey I've watched is women's hockey. And if you haven't watched it and you think, ah, the women don't play well, hey, I'll tell you what, some of these women would kick the butt of a lot of these men that you see out there. And, you know, Title IX is about equality. It even works the other way. If there's too many women's sports, they have to add a men's sport to balance things out. So that's why I think it's important that we keep it open in the discussion at all times. So now it's time for us to discuss NHL Central Scouting's final rankings for this year's draft. Just we're going to go over the top 10 skaters and top three goalies in North America and internationally. Let's start with the skaters in North America. Number 10 from the Sioux Falls Stampede, center Cole Sillinger. Number 9 from the Chicago Steel, right winger Matthew Coronado. Number 8 from EHC Olden, left winger Brendan Ottman. Number 7 from HC Nova Zamke, defenseman Brent Clark. Number six from the Michigan Wolverines, center Matty Beneers. Number five from the Edmonton Oil Kings, right winger Dylan Gunther. Number four from the U.S. NTDP, defenseman Luke Hughes. Number three from the Michigan Wolverines, center Kent Johnson. Number two from the EHC Alton, center Mason McTavish. And number one from the University of Michigan, defenseman Owen Power. And for the international skaters, number 10 from Carpot Jr., right winger Samu Tuomala. Number nine from Luella HF, right winger Fabian Lysel. 
Number eight from Lexand IF right winger Isaac Rosen. Number seven from MHK Dynamo Moscow left winger Alexander Kisikov. Number six from Ska St. Petersburg center Fedor Shvechkov. Number five from CSKA defenseman Danil Cheka. Number four from Ska St. Petersburg right winger Nikita Chiprikov. Number three from Karpat center Aturati. Number two from Ferlunda Jr. defenseman Simone Edvidson. And number one from Jurgardens, left winger William Eklund. And now for the goalies, first up North America, number three from the Saginaw Spirit, Tristan Lennox. Number two from the Sarnia Sting, Benjamin Gaudreau. And number one from the Edmonton Oil Kings, Sebastian Casa. And internationally, number three from HC Energy, Karlavi Vari, Patrick Hammerla. Number two from Dynamo Minsk, Alexei Kolosov. And number one from Luella HF, Jesper Wolstead. So, Jess, we got our lists. What do you think of Central Scouting and what they came up with? I got to admit, I got caught off guard. I mean, some of these was a surprise. I mean, McTavish up at number two. But I think before we get into the numbers, we have, well, we got to talk about Central Scouting. Okay, remember, these guys are not ranking like the people who do it for the fans, okay? This Central Scouting is just a list, just a bunch of players, a guidance for the NHL. They scout independently. They don't work for any team. They work for the National Hockey League. And it was really interesting. And I have to admit, I was shocked when I saw Mason McTavish at number two. I mean, he was a riser. I'll give him that. I'll tell you what, you know who's right now sitting there puffing on a big cigar, patting himself on the back? Russ Cohen. No, we had him on last week. And a lot of these guys are just spot on what Russ was telling us. Remember, he was talking about Fedor Sederov. Wasn't a big fan of him, and the rankings show that with him dropping to six. Ratty moving up to three. You know, if you're a Ranger fan, you start crying because that means he's not going to be there when the Rangers pick at 15. But all in all, if I'm looking at a goalie, I watched a lot of Sebastian Kosa because I was following Matthew Robertson. He deserves this ranking of number one in the North America as a goalie. I mean, he's a huge guy, 6'6", 210 at 18 years old. He's still got some growth to go with him, but I actually would take him over Walstead. I know Walstead everybody likes, but Kosu was the best goalie in the WHL. He's already playing the North American game. If you're needing a goalie today, that's the guy you go for. Yeah, absolutely, Jess. This list also confused me, but like you said, I think it's important to remember Central Scouting is not in charge of mock drafts. Their job is to determine how well these players will translate to the NHL based on their current game. That's why they make these lists. It's to see how well these guys will adapt to the NHL. We go back and look at last year's lists. Jan Bednar was the number two international goalie on Central Scouting's list. He was the 10th goalie to get selected. And Drew Camesso was their number one of North American goalie. He was the sixth one to be taken. It's how prepared they're going to be. With that said, I think this list and being the final list that Central Scouting is going to put out, it just shows you how high risk, high reward Mason McTavish is going to be for any team that takes him. You listen to the scouts. This guy's got an all-around game. He'll do anything asked of him. He can score. He can get dirty. A couple comparisons that I've heard to players in the league right now, I've heard Jeff Carter, I've heard Nazem Kadri. This guy is going to play a tough game. But the thing about McTavish, a lot of people say his game needs a lot of polish. Now, Jess, you've been scouting for a very long time, but to me, when I hear 
needs a lot of polish that doesn't really say much to me. That's like when I watch the UFC or if I watch boxing, it says a guy's got a good reach. Like, you're telling me something, but you're not giving me a very full story there. So McTavish's stock has been going up very slowly each and every day. He's got a chance to be a top 10 pick, but I think we've seen him go from the bottom teens all the way up to number two on Central Scouting's list. McTavish has a lot of potential. It's going to be weird to see who takes that bite. Let's just pretend nobody moves, okay? So we're looking at Anaheim, maybe the number two pick. I can see Anaheim jumping all over McTavish. But, you know, if I'm Buffalo, that's that's not a bad player. I mean, you know, Owen Power is a monster defenseman. And the one thing I will say about Owen Power is he seems to be this year's consensus pick. Everybody seems to have him at the top. So if you want a defenseman, that's going to be the first pick. To me, the key is who's going to be the first position player. Now, we haven't mentioned Kent Johnson of Michigan. But he's, I think, just as much a high-rising player as McTavish. If I have a choice between Johnson and McTavish, I think I'm going to lean more towards Johnson because I think he's going to be the better overall player down the road. Super cool to see Ken Johnson that high. And Jess, I actually saw this today. Michigan has the chance to make some history no NCAA program has ever had three players go in the first 10 picks ever. So between Kent Johnson, Owen Power, and Matty Beneers, they've got a very good chance to be the first program to ever do that. I like seeing Johnson that high. Honestly, if it came down to it, I would probably still take Beneers over Kent Johnson, but I do believe he's a great player. Puck handles very well. He's a team player. He can pass the puck. When he gets bigger, he's got a real good chance to be a solid NHL player. I didn't love seeing Beneers and Brant Clark down at 6-7. and seven. While I'm that far down the list, Jess, I want to talk to you about Brennan Othman. I got to tell you, Othman is a guy who I've seen a lot of people say he's going to fall to the mid-20s. Some people even say he's going to fall to the second round. If I'm making this top 10 list now, I'm not central scouting. I'm just a guy with a microphone and a few thoughts. I probably would have had a guy like Francesco Pinelli or Chaz Lucius in this spot. Being a little more appropriate, seeing what we've seen so far, but it's not my list, not my call. Othman is one of the best left wingers in this class. He's played fine in the U18s. The scouts really like the work he's done with the puck. Maybe he'll end up surprising me, but I was super surprised to see him make the top 10. And let's remember... The OHL did not play this year, and the WHL only gave us 24 games. Only the Quebec League played a full season or as close to it, including some playoffs. If I'm a fan right now, and I'm going to be, nobody can tell you really what's going to happen. This is the toughest draft I've been involved with. This is like my 16th draft, and I can tell you that this draft is going to be really hard to predict. Everybody really needs a player. You and me, we're Ranger fans, right? And I'm looking at Chaz Lucius at 12, and I am jumping for joy if I'm a Ranger fan. But you know what could happen on the day of the draft? We're sitting there, and Chaz Lucius winds up going in the top 10. Somebody else saw something that they really liked. Same for Cole Sillinger. I can't believe he isn't higher than 10th. I mean, this kid did everything in the USHL except build an arena for himself. If we go international, Russia, Sweden, Finland are the only countries that seem to have had players this year. Two Czechs, a couple of Swiss. Oh, wait, we got one German, and he's all the way down to 39th. You know, the pandemic's done a lot of damage to this. If you're going to look for sleeper picks, 
Aku Koskinkeko, K-O-S-K-E-N-V-U-O. I got a couple of friends who are in Sweden. This is a 6'3 kid, string mead kid. He had a good goals against 293. His save percentage should have been better, 893. He plays for HIFK Junior, one of the top programs in Finland. This is a kid who I think if he's grabbed in the third or fourth round, you're looking at a starting goalie for the NHL. And I think if you look at this list altogether, Wallstadt, yeah. Kozlov, maybe. I'm not sold on him. I definitely would grab Sebastian Kosa. Use this as a, just a list of players, as a guide. Go do your homework. Take a kid's name. Google it. A lot of leagues will give you a highlight reel of what this guy did, especially like the WHL. They did it last year. Marvelous job. Yeah, on the international side of the ball, last year was clearly Russia's year. We talked about this year being Sweden's year, and while that is the case, Russia is still hanging out there. But you bring up a great point, Jess. I think a lot of people are sleeping on some really great Finnish players out there. Atu Ratsi, I know he's number three on the international list. A lot of people have him falling very far from when he was the number one overall pick this time last year. But I'm not ready to give up on him being an elite player in the NHL. I think he's got a lot of skill. I think when the smoke clears, he's going to be a solid NHL player. I mean, 6'2", 185, he's only 18. Come on. His numbers don't show that he's going to be a stud. But everybody I know knows what this kid has done in his age group. If you go by how he's done with his age group, this kid has played well under 16, under 18, under 20. That progression says to me, as he grows and he matures, he will be an excellent NHL player. Yeah, and one of the things that Steve Coriano said, I believe last time he came on our show, talking about Rati, I think one of his biggest problems is that I can't believe I'm saying this in the age of COVID. I think we might have seen too much. I think everyone had very high hopes for him all throughout his career. And now that we've seen him in so many different scenarios, we've seen these big monsters like Owen Power, Matty Beneers. These guys who are just tearing it up recently were inclined to think that they're the guys. I think Rati's going to be a really solid player. One more guy, though, from Finland that I really, really like. I watched Samu Tuomala play his game at the U18 tournament. He really impressed me. I know a lot of people have him in, like, the low 20s, high 30s in their rankings. I think he can grow up to be a nice winger. I know a lot of people talk about his size and his speed and his shot. He can turn into a guy like Taylor Hall, Carl Hagelin, Vinny Henestrosa, those kinds of players that rely on their skating and then to get that shot off. If Tuomala can continue to work on that part of his game, bring it to the next level, I think he's a phenomenal pick for anyone that picks him up. And so remember, he's only 17. There's still a chance that he might add an inch or two as his body matures. I agree with you. I see some Taylor Hall in him. You look at numbers for this thing, he actually had pretty good numbers for a 17-year-old playing for Joker Ritz. I like him. I'll take him. I would grab, if I'm at the late first round and he's sitting there, grab him. Anywhere after 15, I would take him. Carson Lambos. Now, he's coming out of nowhere. A defenseman for Winnipeg which is really interesting because Winnipeg is the former Kootenai Ice. It's been a while since the Ice have had somebody to talk about. You know, this is a smart kid who's pretty much a self-made man. You're not going to expect numbers, but if you're looking for a solid defender, this is a kid you want to grab. Corson Cullimans, I still think, is a sleeper pick. 
in the major junior, which means he's looking at an American college. Great. Let him go get his apprenticeship at the NC2A level. That's a nice, safe pick. Again, mid to the end of the first round. There's going to be some guys who, because they're falling on this list, will fall on other lists. You're going to find some value here. Go to NHL.com, get a copy of these lists and all these players. And when you're looking at what other people say, use this list to compare and then make up your own mind. Yeah, there's so many guys that we saw last year that were skill guys. You know, Lafreniere, Stuzel, Lundell, a bunch of guys that went in the top 10. Think of those kinds of guys. Those are skill guys, guys who put points on the board. We've got a lot of workhorses in this draft, I feel like, Jessica. A lot of guys who are willing to play the full game and not really get on the score sheet as much. It's a really different kind of thing that doesn't really appeal to fans and appeal to stat sheets, and it makes this a whole lot harder. Because we've got guys like Simon Robertson, Zachary Lehero, guys who are willing to play the full game, get their nose dirty. It's kind of how I was describing Mason McTavish before. Those kinds of players are what we're going to see a lot of in this bottom of the first round, top of the second round. That's why this draft is so hard to put together. It's because there's no real production guy that's screaming at you from the top of their lungs like Lafreniere did. So it's going to be a long road to draft day, Jess. We've got a lot of work ahead of us. You put it best, there's no amount of experts, scouts, geniuses that come from Mensa that can tell you how this draft is going to play out. The best we can do is look for the guys we like, hope they end up on teams that we don't absolutely hate. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is look at what is helping teams advance in the playoffs. Boston, what they did to Washington. The Islanders, what they did to Pittsburgh. It's the guys getting the noses dirty. The game is slowly, slowly shifting. I would keep an eye on that. Like I said, you take this list with basically a grain of salt. It's really just what, you know, a room full of scouts came together, and this is consensus votes. This isn't talent votes. This is consensus votes. Because you've got like 20-some-odd scouts working for CSB. There's talent here. The hardest part is going to be trying to guess what a a 17-, 18-year-old today will be like at 24, 25. In the era of COVID, man, it was hard enough before COVID. I am so grateful that I am not an NHL scout with my job on the line trying to figure out some of these kids. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Legrano for myself. If you like this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospect presented by Bet Online. My name is Luke Legrano. And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you so very much for spending your time with us. Have a good week. Stay healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care.